Yo, what up? This is D Knight, and you're listening to the Part of the Interaction Podcast. We got a pocket part and episode for you today. Got a couple of headlines to dive into. Of course, it's been an insane week as per the usual. So, I mean, that's nothing new around these parts. Um, but before we get into that, let's give a word to our sponsor, Sheets and Giggles. My man Colin D. McIntosh, the CEO, would like you to sleep in soft and luxurious joy every single night, uh, but also support sustainably made products. So make sure you pick up a soft and wonderful set of sheets from sheetsandgiggles.com. And we've got some links in the description if you would like a little discount. And of course, you know, in case you missed it, we had him on the show last week in a fantastic interview where he discussed the animus for starting his company, uh, why he wanted to be sustainable in nature, you know, the complexion of running a progressive business and dealing with things such as employer-provided health insurance, broader topics such as dealing with our political landscape, how combating disinformation and fighting culture wars tends to distract from being able to talk uh, about the more important and actual life-changing policies that we need to discuss, but how it's also a necessary endeavor to make sure that we don't let our democracy backslide and end up with fewer rights than we once had. And a lot of other topics was really great. Make sure you go back and check that out. Uh, How the World Has Gone to Sheet with Kyle McIntosh. Uh, Exceptional work on our part, if I do say so myself. (laughs) But no, Colin was great. And if you'd like to give him a follow on Twitter or threads, I do believe his handles there are both at Colin D. McIntosh. Uh, you should know if you check his profile and Sheets and Giggles shows up. But on to the news. So Trump took the stand in New York yesterday in the civil trial against him and his company, the Trump Organization, uh, under charges that the company has committed endless amounts of fraud. And, well, let's just say Trump didn't handle it well. Let's put it that way. So I think first and foremost, where to start here is that one of the contexts that I think is lacking for the media coverage uh, over this Trump trial is Trump has already fucking lost. He's already lost. Trump org is doomed. The judge has already ruled in summary judgment before the fucking trial even started that the Trump organization engaged in persistent fraud. The major count on the list of charges that the Trump org is facing, Judge and Gorin's already found them fucking liable for that. I cannot understate just how fucking doomed the Trump organization is And that was before the trial. Okay, I'm glad we got that out of the way. (laughs) And so I, you know, upon hearing that, you're like, well, what the fuck are we doing here? Well, I mean, there were a number of other charges. And for the Trump org to be found liable for those, intent had to be proven, which is something you typically cannot do without a trial. So prosecutors from Letitia James's office have to present a lot of evidence and witness testimony and Trump's and his family have the opportunity to testify and provide their defense and and a neutral party, whether that be a jury or in this case, Judge and Gorin himself, given that it's a bench trial, they're there to hear the information, to weigh the facts 
come to a conclusion. Hence the need for a trial for the rest of the charges, as well as coming to a conclusion about how much the Trump organization will be liable for as far as damages, or in this case, disgorgement, uh, the uh, amount of money the Trump organization will be responsible for paying after liquidating the Trump org assets. And once that process is complete, then and only then will any leftover money get to go back to Trump and family. In case you were perhaps wondering what the stakes are exactly in this case. Um, so again, given that it's a bench trial, Judge and Gorin is totally responsible for those sorts of deliberations and decisions. And you would think that Trump, assuming he is aware that he's lost this case, would do everything in his power to curry favor with the person who has the fate of his company and his fortune in his hands. And you'd be wrong because <laughs> Trump totally lost his fucking shit yesterday. Uh, insane babbling, uh, doing everything that he could to piss the judge off. He was doing everything he could to be as evasive as possible in answering questions upon cross-examination. He was muttering weird shit, just insane bananas level shit where he's like, Trump is guilty of fraud. The Trump organization lied on documents and all uh, other kind of like weird third person, uh, totally nonsensical shit. He was absolutely losing his mind, talking shit about Letitia James, talking shit about the judge, talking shit about the trial, uh, just totally bonkers. The judge at one point had to tell his lawyers that like, hey, uh, I beseech you, control him if you can, which is absolutely fucking wild. <laughs> it's just like that the judge has got to tell the lawyers hey man get your client to shut the fuck up he's totally off the rails here even worse his lawyers were like hey judge that's your job it's your court courtroom control him if you can absolute mind-boggling behavior uh, by trump and his lawyers creating a circus out of this trial and of course this is only going to piss the judge off and he's almost certainly going to rule against them in the harshest fashion and totally understandably too they've done it to themselves and if you think that's the worst part actually uh beyond that trump's actual testimony where he did happen to answer questions on occasion like that shit was fucking damning he basically confessed to it uh, you know his his defense is like oj he's like if i did it and then he tells you exactly how he did it it's bananas so the company's being charged with inflating the value of that their assets on paper um, in order to induce bank loans at a favorable rate. And Trump's like, I have no idea how we concluded those numbers were accurate. Like I were, you know, rely on my accounts for that shit. And then like later in his testimony, he was like, yeah, I saw I see all the papers and I sign off on all that shit. And I'm responsible for coming to the conclusion and that the values of our properties are what we say they are. It, it just like what? Like they ask him about the discrepancy um, when it comes to his Trump Tower penthouse where he signed off on financial statements saying it's, you know, 30,000 square feet and worth more money than any apartment in New York has ever sold for. Uh, but also, in reality, it's only 11,000 square feet, 11,000 ish. You know, like, hey, how'd you come to the conclusion about the square footage of this apartment? And he's like, perhaps we included the square footage from the elevator shaft, 
or the roof area. What? <laughs> and all of his defenses are crazy. Like, there are three categories or buckets, I guess you could lump his defenses under. Uh, one is saying that he didn't overvalue his assets. So Trump claims in court that he actually undervalued his assets and they're worth way more in reality than what he says on the paper. That's also a fucking crime. That's also a crime. So confession 11 gajillion in that regard. Uh, he also says that he relied on like a disclaimer saying that he couldn't be held liable for the numbers that he presented to banks and other financial institutions saying that they were responsible for doing their own due diligence. And what I will say is there is a disclaimer, but much like when he claims the presidential records act clears him of any wrongdoing when it comes to his illegal retention of classified documents in Mar-a-Lago, like it's the exact opposite of what he says. It, the, like, the disclaimer does the total opposite of the thing he's telling you it, it does. It actually implies that the financial institutions can't be held, be held responsible for the evaluations that they're presenting because they're relying on the fucking Trump organization to do their due diligence. So it's just absolutely bananas and fucking bonkers. And I, I guess the third bucket that you could lump his defenses under is this idea that no financial institutions were harmed by Trump or presenting these false and fraudulent numbers, which is a total irresponsible and utterly disprovable lie. First of all, if like lenders had known the actual value of Trump's properties and his actual net worth, uh, the terms and conditions of the loan agreement would have been far more favorable. They would have earned a lot more in fucking interest because they would have charged a higher interest rate. So they lost out on potentially tens, if not hundreds of million dollars by loaning money to Trump at a rate that was far below what he deserved. And then two, there were some fucking loans that he refused to fucking pay back. He even sued Deutsche Bank once because he didn't want to pay them back their loans. And then with these fucking banks just decided to forgive the loan, he didn't pay taxes on the shit. So it's tax evasion too. My God. And if it's not enough that he's confessing to crimes, he's like also brain dead too. Uh, because there was one instance where uh, one of the attorneys was trying to show him a legal document about financial statements that he signed off on uh, from 2021. And then Trump's response is he was busy with the whole Russia thing and dealing with China and, and all his work as president. Joe Biden was president in 2021. He doesn't remember what year he was president so you just remember that when the media is spreading this narrative that like is Biden too old like Trump doesn't know what year he was in the fucking White House <laughs> this is bananas and this is like this is just a small fraction of the insane developments over the course of the last couple of weeks in the Trump trial but I think one other noteworthy revelation from the trial is that on January 15th of 2021 a week after the attack on the Capitol on January 6th, Trump signed paperwork that reestablishes control of his revocable trust, putting him in charge of running his companies, which he gave up 
upon entering office in 2017, presumably to avoid conflict of interest because he was the president of the United States, you know, even though he was still running his fucking businesses. But that he signed this paperwork in 2021, taking control of his businesses, means he knew he fucking lost the 2020 election. So there you go. Pretty undeniable evidence that Trump knew he lost and that everything that happened leading up to January 6th and on the day of happened in the context of Trump knowing that he was no longer going to be president. Boom. I'm almost 100% certain that that evidence is going to be used in one of his criminal trials upcoming here. You know, whether that be in Georgia or in D.C. Yeah, it's pretty fucking damning. Pretty damning evidence. But wait, the insanity does not stop there. In case you missed it, there have been reports of Trump's plans Upon re-entering the White House in 2025, should he win the 2024 election, and you're never going to guess what that entails. I hate to spoil it for you, but it it appears as though on day one, Trump has a plan to unleash the military on United States citizens and institute a military dictatorship. Ta-da! That's right, folks. He has plans on day one of invoking the Insurrection Act, which allows him to use the military as law enforcement against U.S. citizens on United States territory like the fucking Gestapo. And of course, the media is definitely not going to take this seriously because at every single fucking turn, no matter what horrific behavior he engages in, they downplay every single threat even the ones that fucking came to pass, like his handling of the COVID pandemic wasn't just a disaster. No, 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 no. The plan was to infect every single person in the country with COVID, killing as many people as possible. After losing the 2020 election, did Trump engage in a peaceful transfer of power from one president to the next? No, 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 no. He engaged in staging a fucking coup against the legislative branch of the United States government, which by the way would have worked if he had gotten the actual military involved instead of his private army of fucking dumbass morons who stormed the Capitol hoping to kidnap and or kill Congress but were too stupid to fucking find them. Yeah, and Trump's like well, I'm not gonna make that mistake again I'm gonna get the military involved on day one He's not even going to wait until the end of his administration to get the military involved. He's going to start off with a military coup. So, yeah, that's something exciting to look forward to, uh, you know, in case you're feeling like you don't want to vote for Joe Biden in 2024. Um, You can can put end of democracy on your calendar for January 25th. And the people who were like, oh, there's no way we'll lose Roe v. Wade if Trump is president, so it's okay to not vote for Hillary. Those same people are telling you it's okay not to vote for Biden. We're not going to lose our democracy. Well, they were wrong then. They're wrong now. And they're going to be real wrong in 2025 when they're all fucking herded up and deported if they're lucky, if not put in concentration camps. I mean, you better get off your ass and tell these people to vote for Joe Biden or it's going to be over. 
He's already out here talking about deporting anyone who supports Palestinians. Banning Palestinians from entering the country. Banning Muslims again. He tried that on day one the first time around. So I'm absolutely sure he's content to not only try it again, but be even more extreme about it than he was the first time. And not that you might think this is particularly relevant to you, but he has promised to unleash the powers of the Justice Department against everyone who ever worked for him who is no longer in support of him and his fucking criminal activity. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm totally fine with Bill Barr going to jail because <laughs> he fucking deserves it. Because, of course, like anyone who was that loyal to Trump, not understanding that he's going to turn on you at the drop of a hat, like you you deserve what you get but all you other fuckers like this is your opportunity now like you see that he's going to come after you and it's not a bluff he's absolutely going to do it like there's a whole plan project 2025 to install cronies in every in every federal agency and load up the courts with cronies like he's going to file have his hand-picked attorney general file charges against you and he's going to find a way to get you in front of a trump appointed judge and you're going to go to fucking jail for the rest of your life for some fake bullshit trumped up charges no pun intended so here's your opportunity now maybe you might want to go public maybe you might want to convince as many people as possible that even though you used to work for trump everybody should vote for biden I seriously doubt anyone from Trump's former inner circle is listening to this podcast. But by chance, if you are, your ass is on the line here. And I'm trying to give you fair warning in advance. So maybe you can save your fucking selves, if not the rest, the rest of democracy while you're at it. And that goes for you too, media. You're not off the hook here. He's also threatened to have all of you executed. So maybe... Instead of quoting some bullshit polls a year in advance of the 2024 election about how Biden might be trailing in a couple of swing states, instead of furthering that narrative and asking if he should step down, maybe just maybe you might want to get on fucking TV and start talking about how incredible of a job Biden is fucking doing with the economy. Economists have been predicting a recession since he got into office and he's defied all expectations. It's growing at a hereto unforeseen rate. The job market is insanely good. We've never had a job market like this. Employers are complaining about people not quitting. That's how fucking bananas it is. They're like, no one wants to quit anymore. What the fuck? I mean, I guarantee you, if a Republican did somehow win in 2024, uh, the day they took office, they'd be like, they'd, they'd try and take credit for this shit. They'd be like, we created the greatest economy the United States has ever seen. Best U.S. economy in history. We did it. And all they would have done is attend the inauguration. That's how fucking good of a job Biden's done. Yeah, instead of putting out the narrative that, you know, Democratic voters are concerned that Biden may be too old. Why don't you tell people how fucking old Trump is? He's three years younger than Biden and he can't finish a complete fucking sentence. Hell, just the other day, he was telling people at a rally how excited he was 
to be in Sioux Falls. The motherfucker was in Sioux City, Iowa. And that concludes this episode of Part of the Insurrection. <laughs>